Hello, Elizabeth. Hi, Pierre. So we spoke about all your background. Now I would love to talk about your life as a concert artist. When did you give your first concert, public concert? Wow, you remember I told you that I did this competition in Paris. I was 10 years. Mm -hmm. And the prize was to play at the Salle Playel in Paris. And that was one year after. I was 11. And that was my first uh, public concert. And you played an entire recital? Or? No, no. Okay. We were, uh, we, we were f four or five uh, artists as a young uh, who won the competition all the so level. all the, the prize winners yes, the uh, prize concert. winners but it was anyway in Paris and uh, yeah. in this big uh, wonderful uh, legendary legendary theater, yeah, yeah. yeah and how did it feel to be on stage all alone with all the public and you alone with Bach you know when you are 11 you don't have uh, Le Trac. Mm -hmm. Stage fright. Stage fright. That comes after. <laughs> But this is the, the greatness of the, uh, the childhood that uh, when you are very little, you don't, you don't know. You, somehow you have not the conscious of maybe of yourself, maybe of the ego, I don't know. Because ego has uh, also a good thing because it, it, uh, it's, uh, it's a motor uh, to, to be always more in the exigence, in the, the, the desire of perfection. But on the other hand, you suffer a lot because uh, we, never, uh, we can never be perfect. And uh, this is a, a very big suffering that we have to have with us the whole life because mm. uh, we are human beings and uh, we have to understand this and to take it as a good thing, as a humility, as a, as a way to to stay humble and uh, and so on. Then uh, the second really official big concert was in Rome. So that Rome. was your debut recital? Debut. Okay. Yeah, Rome, it was in Rome debut. just after Argentina. So I was uh, 17, eight, maybe 18 years. Yeah, yeah, 18. And I remember, Pierre, oh my God, I was so frightened. You cannot imagine. And I remember this man in the, in the lodge He said to me, but really, can you get on the stage? And I said to him, no, I cannot, but I have to. And I remember there was a Christ uh, in wood, in this, uh, because it was an old church, this very beautiful concert hall. I, I was not really in relation with the Christ as I'm now. Mm -hmm. But I remember that I looked at him and I said, look, this is the first one, but it's the last one. And I entered in the stage there. And uh, I, I was beginning the concert with uh, two uh, Scarlatti Sonata. And normally I do one hour concert, one hour and ten minutes. I al always did that without applause, only at the end. And for me it's very important to get into the program I'm playing without any applause, but getting together in the high point of the emotion and, and really be together in communion for the whole recital. But I remember that after the two Scarlatti Sonata, I stand up, I went back to the Lord, I looked at the Christ and I said, it's not going to be the last one. Aha. Uh -huh. 
Yeah, it was. A so there was a kind of a sense of revelation yeah, there. Yeah, as well. exactly. I said, okay, I have to know that it's going to be a nightmare, and it is still a nightmare until the very moment where I do the first note on the stage. And uh, anyway, I have to live with this. And uh, and sometimes, you know, Pierre, I I have some friends, uh, great pianists. They have no fears. They said to me, oh, it's just a joy to get on the stage and play. And I said, I would like to have this present. I asked God, I must tell you, Pierre, that I, I would like to have once a concert like this, where I get a big concert, I mean, not maybe playing in the elderly house where I have no fear, not the same type of fears. Fears or fears? Fear, fear. Fear, fear. <laughs> <laughs> But I would like to get into the Cadogan Hall or into the Carnegie Hall or one of those big concerts we, go, we do together. You remember mm -hmm. how fears we, I have, and you too, I must say, because of me. And to have this present before I leave this world, uh, to have it easy. The whole day before and, and, and just all the time <laughs> but can we say that this kind of fear preparation is indeed the condition for grace to come on stage because I'd never we've done so many concerts together and I have always felt grace was on stage when you performed could it be a kind of a necessary evil this is my consolation uh, to, to, I tell myself this is the price Uh, but it's maybe a bit Judeo-Christian, I don't know. But I, I have the feeling sometimes that I accept this because it's the price to pay to have this grace, maybe. But I don't know, it's difficult for me to say it. <laughs> so you went on to perform at Carnegie Hall, you said, Concert Gebau in Amsterdam, Century Hall in Tokyo, Théâtre des Champs-Élysées in Paris, Cadogan Hall in London. Is there a difference between playing in an unknown venue, let's say, to a big venue? What do you mean with unknown venue? Uh, unknown to the grand, to the, to the public. In other words, a small concert hall in a small town in Germany, not Munich or Berlin. Is there less of a pressure for you? I must say that the pressure is, uh, we put our pressure ourselves. It's not, and it's, uh, it's connected with a very tough and, 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 and psychological uh, problem we have or we don't have. Because if I give the power to somebody to judge me, mm. As much I give still power to somebody to judge me, as much fear I will have when I go in a place like a very big concert where the whole audience uh, became like an arena where they will judge you and, uh, and then it's terrible. So uh, I would love to have, I told you before, uh, when I play in a, in a, in a small uh, city, in, in, there, there is no small and big concert Every time we put two notes together, it is uh, the, the highest in our life. But the, the pressure, I don't feel it the same if I play in a, in a prison or if I play in Cadogan Hall. Mm. But finally, it's not the places who put the pressure, mm. it's me. Mm. And... Um, It's important to have this uh, 
reflection. Why and how and f what for? And I give the power still to a, a symbolic father uh, to judge me and to put me in such a fear. Why? And uh, can I grow? Can I one day be really independent? And um, Or do I have to live with this? Uh, I really believe, and this also in our pedagogy, that you can get out of it. So you mean to say that when you arrived and performed in both Bucharest and Portugal with Andrea Bocelli in front of thousands of people plus TVs, you felt how? It was absolutely a nightmare. <laughs> I know I suffered so much. Can you imagine? Uh -huh. you know, in Fatima, there was 1,400,000 oh people hearing me. And the thing is that I was uh, playing uh, Ave Maria with him, but first in solo and then with him. Uh -huh. but, but just before, I had to play a Bach uh, chorale alone. And Believe me, uh, uh, I, I was looking at my hands and somehow I had this phrase coming, in your hands I put my spirit. And when this phrase came to me, I looked at my hands and I said, okay, I will put my spirit in these hands and um, let's, uh, let's go. I know as a pianist myself that we are constantly struggling with the instruments that we are receiving. The violinist travels the world with his instrument. We as pianists, only Horowitz was able to travel with his own piano. And Michelangeli. And Michelangeli yeah. as well, yeah. I remember a fantastic story about what happened to you in Africa with a pedal or with a spider. Can you tell us about this? No, I, I had a so many stories, Pierre, but I remember one. I want the it insect was the one. End, it was the end of the tour. And um, the concert was at 8.30, the night. And uh, this is my, my German quarter, because my father was half German. So I, I was, of course, at 8 in the lobby of the hotel, waiting for the um, chauffeur. 8, 8.30, 9, 9.30, nobody. And he arrived, 10. I said to him, but this is terrible, the concert is finished. No, don't worry, we are in Africa, why do you say this? Don't be so nervous. And the concert place is in half an hour from car from here. Half an hour, I said, but we're going to arrive at 10, 10.30, and uh, no problem, you will see. Certainly somebody will, will be on the stage and, uh, and, and speak with the audience uh, while you arrive. Believe me, I was so nervous in this car, and it was so far away, no light on, the road was very, it was not really a road. Finally, we arrived, and it was like a, concert hall, you know, it was not a concert hall, but it was like a gymnastic, you know, this, this place is... Um, like a gymnasium with a structure, yes, with temporary the, structure. Temporary sure. structure in yeah. metal and a, lot, and a lot of car parked one on, on the other. I, I mean, it, so he said to me, it's here. 
and I had at least 20 meters to do to go from the car to the entrance and I was passing through those cars and I remember when I arrived on the door my white dress concert dress was completely dusty and almost black oh my god and I opened the door and it was so many people there so many and at the at the bottom of the the hall, yeah. I see exactly on the stage there were men speaking, and I try to, to go through the people, and suddenly I look on the stage and I said, "But where is the piano?" Mm. And yeah, the shock. I said, "Oh my God, you you really are tired. This is the end of the tour. Where is this piano?" And I I can feel still my eyes was getting you know bigger and bigger bigger and bigger and suddenly at the at the bottom of the stage I can see a upright piano and a chord a string that was broken yeah which was so the broken. piano was actually open it was open oh my yes uh, can you imagine and one of the string was just hanging hanging uh-huh and there I had one of the experiences who changed your life I said but so deeply do you know what is crying inside or shouting inside mm-hmm. I said God please get out of this room for an hour this concert is going to be a horror I can see it I can hear it already I look at the piano please come back in an hour and I cannot explain you Pierre but it was something very special it was like written in gold in my heart mm-hmm. You play and I touch the souls. Mm. And I said, oh, oh my God. Yes, of course. How can, could I imagine that I'm doing everything and, and I am touching the soul? It gave me such a strength that I arrive on the stage. I said to the people, please help me to put this piano, uh, upright piano, in the middle to make a little bit like a normal concert because I was very shy, but I, it gave me the strength. And I remember for all my life, I cannot begin a concert without saying to him, remember, <laughs> I play, I do my best, I've prepared my hands, I've done as much as I can, but you touch the soul. And this is a good deal. Oh, my God. And I remember I was beginning this concert with a Schubert, very, very subtle. And half of the note of this piano was untuned and, and, and horrible. But I played until the end. And the experience final was that I decided to, to stand up and to say to the public, I've just seen, I've played it, I'm not a diva, I did it, but really I cannot continue to play all the Chopin and all what I had to play. And wanted to say this to the front row, I could see, they were all with tears in the eyes, and more than tears. So I didn't say anything, and in my life I never said a piano is not good. Mm. Because the piano is an instrument that... Above everything is like we are instrument. Grace can, uh, can descend also at can every descend moment, there. Yeah. And I never say, but sometimes, you know, Pierre, I said to God when I have a wonderful fazioli, I said, well, 
it's uh, easier when the piano is good, no? <laughs> so I still would love to hear that amazing story. I think it was either a scorpion or a spider or something that appeared, I believe, in the final movement of the third piano sonata. Right? Exactly, you have a good memory. So please tell us. The problem is that uh, I play with uh, closed eyes. Closed eyes always, yeah. Always. Sometimes I have to open it for to make a, uh, a, a jump. big jump mm -hmm. or something like that. So in that very night, <laughs> I was playing the Chopin sonata and I begin the last movement, as you said, and I don't know why I open my eyes <laughs> and I see on the in Keyboard. front of me, yeah. On the pupitre, ah, an enormous. On the music stand, you mean? No, on, on, just just there in front uh -huh. of the couvercle. Ah, uh -huh, okay. On, yeah? the, uh, on top of the lid, then. Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. An enormous scorpion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. I said enormous, it's at, at least like a finger. Wow. Luisant. Mm -hmm. Shiny. Shiny. Black, green, bit yellow. I reclosed my eyes immediately, and I said, "Oh no." Oh no, that I cannot, I cannot afford this. And I play, I play. Believe me, I was not thinking about music. That's, that you realize that somebody in you can play without you. Because there was my you only thinking of this scorpion. Mm -hmm. But the other you, me, continued on. continued on. So I decided with a courage incredible to open my eyes. And that was terrible because the scorpion was not there anymore. <laughs> so I, be, I had the heart attack mm -hmm. almost. My heart was going beating, crazy. beating so crazy. So while I was still playing, I began to, to stand up a little bit to see if the scorpion was inside the piano oh, yeah, yeah. or somewhere. And suddenly, Pierre, I see the scorpion on the last Key. Key of the, <laughs> of the, the bottom. Of the piano. Oh my God, yeah. And uh, there I said, I could hear the scratch because I had to play this note. Where you did? The yes. <laughs> so I begin to continue to play with the right hand and with my left hand, wanted to put the, the... Push it aside. Push it aside. Yeah. Oh, no, my God. I did, did you? It. I did it. You did it? Wow. I, I, I did it. But uh, <laughs> then I went to my lodge at the end of the sonata, everybody, bravo, bravo. And I'm, I'm never the malhumeur. Mm -hmm. I'm never, you know okay. me, I'm quite equal. And But there I, I was really like, uh, I don't want anymore, I want to be back home, uh, I, I cannot do this uh, métier, this, it, it's, it's too difficult. And then arrived a, a young boy, he said, come back, they all applaud you, they want a beast. And I was saying to myself, I'm not going to do any beast, uh, this is too much, and where is this scorpion? And so, but I did, I turned back and I played a nice beast. But uh, I remember something very, very special. When uh, uh, Bruno Gelber told me, to make a concert pianist career, you have to be able to accept that somebody is going to suicide in the uh, room, in the hotel room next to you, and understand that you have nothing to do with this. <laughs> because people are projecting on you things, and you cannot uh, manage all that. Mm. 
that was very, I was 17, I said to him, yes, 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 but I did not, I understood it much, much uh, after in my career. Nobody suicide for me. Uh, Thank uh, God. But I know that that exists and I know that people can really project not as much as in uh, Madonna or this big, uh, but uh, also for us, you know, you are alone on the stage. It's a possibility for projection. So we have to still remain humble, humble and humble. Yeah. So in the next podcast, we'll speak about your other life, which is the life in the recording studio. Oh, my God. And the difference between <laughs> the career stage with Scorpios and the coldness of the recording studio. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. See Thank you, you soon. Thank you. Thank you, Pierre.